This game review contains spoilers, adult language, mature situations, big daddies, vigors, and rapture. Listener discretion is advised. Sparkin' Game Review. Comstock is a douchebag. He is. Oh my god. Hello, welcome to a very special episode of the Sparkin' Game Review. I'm Zen. And I'm Lethal. Yes, we're here to talk about something which is dear and dear to both of our hearts. The first DLC for a game which is awesome. It's a real DLC. The other one did not count. Oh no, I didn't count the first one because, I mean, it's, it's something to, like, do after the storyline. No, um, it's a challenge map which is terrible. It wasn't bad. You know, it's... Oh, you get two weapons and you have to kill a handyman in one, in one hit. Oh my god. I don't want to talk about that, Ruben. I was almost there, by the way. Almost there. I couldn't hit him in the heart or the head. Almost there. There's no way to do it in one hit. And then I accidentally hit him in the heart. Last shot, I killed him. Fuck. Ah! Just lost the The only thing I do know is I use um, Murder of Crows and, and, uh, and uh, Devil's Kiss yes. to, to take out handyman Because everything else does not work. Electricity doesn't work. Sorry, Undertow doesn't work. Um, fucking Bronco doesn't work. It works great on the Raven guys, though. Like, I'm going to teleport in front of you. Fucking Bronco. No, you're Time not. to die. He's like, no, help me, no. Oh, man, I love undertowing the, um, the crow guys and then fucking pushing them off. That's the best way to get that achievement, though. You just push off, off, off. Exactly. But you can't, you actually can't get the uh, weapon achievements in the first DLC. I know. Anyway, let's talk about what we're really here to talk about. But I got all the other DLCs, and I'm still ahead of you by three points in the game. You'll get, you'll get them. You'll get them. Yes, we're talking about Bioshock Infinite Burial at Sea Episode One. Yes, and unfortunately, Raze is not here, but that is only because he has decided not to play the game just yet. Partially, that's my fault because I'm not lending him the game because no. I'm still playing. And also, as we said earlier when we first reviewed the game, kind of, this is going to be severely spoiler-heavy. Yeah. Although, I was, I was going to try and not to spoil it, but... It's not going to happen. Yeah, it's not happening. <laughs> Sorry, guys. No. So, if you want, like, if you want right now, just stop this right now, go and get the game, go play the CLC, and then come back and laugh and joke with us. Because, seriously, this is... That's it. 
spoiler alert. You've been warned. That's it. So, for those of you who don't know, Burial at Sea is cool because of the fact it's a, it takes place after or during Infinite, depending on how you look at the time, space, uh, variables, and constants. Mm-hmm. And it takes place in a lovely place we've been to in the first Bioshock game. And what am I talking about? Uh, we are talking about... Rapture! Ah. The DLC takes place right before Splicerville, is what I like to call it. Yes, it's right. It's on December 30th, 1958, I be- believe, or 59. A day before, I think. A day before. The revolution happens, before yes. Atlas rises up and everything goes to hell. Mm-hmm. Because our, if anybody remembers our Bioshock fans, if you remember from the first game, the uh, first scene that you see is a uh, Happy New Year sign for the New Year, and uh, obviously we all know when those go up, so... Yep, so this is right before everything's going up, and you see Rapture in its prime, in its highest point. Oh my god, that was so pretty. Oh my god, I love that part. And also it explains a lot of the different Spicers, like we finally know what the hell the deal with the Houdini Spicer is. Oh my god, (laughs) I honestly thought that they were, you know, what they're called, magicians, but apparently not. No, they're just waiters. Yep. Which I found pretty cool, and I would love to have that spliced into me. If I could do that, oh. They teased you so much with that splice in two, or was it one? Where you had the, the teleport splice, the teleport uh, plasmid, you went to grab it, disappeared, went to Rose. Yes, I remember that one. That one pissed me off. But the achievement was, uh, was very satisfying to get it. Oh, yes, totally. So. And the whole thing is you have our main character, who would reveal... At first, it's Booker DeWitt. At first, it's Booker DeWitt. Private investigator in Rapture, and like all noir stories, a tall, beautiful woman shows up and has a job for him. With the mysterious red lipstick, if I might add. And also, if you look at her right hand... She is missing a piece of her pinky. Yep. Yep, everybody, it is Elizabeth, but it is not our cutie-wootie, not into killing, you know, very squeamish Elizabeth from Sky. She's not our Sky this girl. Is, this is an adult Elizabeth. Mm-hmm. This is her after years of whatever she's been doing. Whatever. She, I'm pretty sure we all know what she's been doing, though. Yes. She's, been, she's probably been most unlikely investigating and trying to stop Comstock from doing all the kind of stuff he did. And she's probably killed so many versions of him, it's not even funny. So. Yes, for those of you, yes. Um, and the thing is that it turns out this version of Booker he is an investigator. He's a drunk, just like he used to be. But the deal is that there's a girl he was with, and she disappeared. Mm-hmm. He was looking for her. He tortured a guy for, what do you say, 15 hours? Yep, 15 hours to a chair. And he is now trying to figure out what happened. He's kind of given up, and she says, I have information. I know where you can find her. As soon, as soon as I was sent down. And, uh, just, I, I, I knew it. As soon as I went in there, I'm like, yep, I know exactly what happened to this poor little girl. We all knew what happened when it said, oh, she disappeared, and you hear people talk about girls disappeared, and you see all the other little interesting things in the city, Red which is cool. stop. Go. Me- green means go. I like in the background that you see all things, like you see the reason why the drill arm shoots out. It's You find out all these little things about the city. Also, there's a lot of other interesting aspects of the city that you don't notice the first time you play. For example, there's an openly gay couple. Yep. Two guys just hugging, looking out in the sea, and it's like, that's kind of... Progressive. Yep. Which is also really weird because we all know that gay rights and gay couples is just starting to like be okay now. Nineteen fifties. Like, but it's also rapture no. where where well, 
It is Rapture. There's a lot of other interesting little aspects, little nods to the first game and also nods mm-hmm. to, to Infinite, including in one area, if you look at a poster, you see two redheads. <laughs> I saw that, and I just, I couldn't stop laughing. Wow. Yes, and this... The there was also, I don't know if you saw it, but I definitely saw it. Mm-hmm. There was a poster of a pregnant woman, and it said, uh, it goes down so smooth, just what a pregnant woman needs, or what, just what a mother to be needs. It's like a smoking yeah. thing. There's so many different smoking uh, Ads, poster boards. All the little art deco things, it's just, it's rapture, but better and cleaner. Yep. The first app. And it's almost a mystery game, and that was really cool, walking around, talking, and dealing with the characters, and then you find out you meet one of the masterminds, or someone we've met in the first game, everyone's favorite artist. Cohen. And he's completely batshit crazy. Yep, he painted a mustache on his face, and he's got girly makeup on. And we find out what the masks, the rabbit masks, were from. Yep, but the thing is, though, he was really batshit crazy to begin with, altogether. Like, if you looked at some of his artwork in the, uh, gallery too. Some of that shit is like I looked at it I'm like, that's kinda creepy. That's really actually creepy. Like I don't want to look at that anymore. Yeah. Another thing you notice is as you're talking to Elizabeth and you're having a great dialogue with her, which is great, she won't call him Booker. Nope. It's Mr. DeWitt. He's like, call me Booker. No. Mr. DeWitt. I'm thinking I'm good with Mr. DeWitt. Elizabeth, so Yes. So the first half is an adventure game, then you get knocked out and Cohen takes you to the second half of the game where the game changes dramatically. Yep. It, it goes go- from, like, a really nice, calm setting where all you have to do is, like, look for a mask to um, get your guns out and search tirelessly for and ammo. S- and steal stuff. Mm-hmm. Pretty much. It becomes a shooter. Yep. And uh, where was that part uh, placed again? That was in Fontaine Department Store. Back, um, back when Rapture was still up and running, it's explained that uh, Fontaine's department store was actually a shopping store, a shopping center for women, men, all these kind of ages, all that kind of stuff. And it was a really nice place. Like, if you look at it and you actually picture it floating above with the rest of Rapture, it would be a really nice store because it's got a lot of uh, windows to it. It's got a lot of lighting to it. It looks really nice. It's even got a nice skating rink. And it's got, you know, the plasmid store. But as we all know, Frank Fontaine decided to lead a little revolution because he was selling secrets with the the outside world, and he was punished by Andrew Ryan. Supposedly at this point, everyone's pretty sure he's dead. And Atlas has risen up, for those of you. No, no, he's already dead. Booker, specifically says to Elizabeth, oh, by the way, Fontaine's dead. Right there, bluntly as... But everyone says Atlas is rising, as, as we all know. Atlas is Fontaine, so... Yep, and but, we also find out about other stuff, but hey... But our point is that he had, that in kind of a police movement, he decided we're going to take all of Fontaine's industries, all those things, and punish people who detain him. So we're taking this separate area, which is the department store. We're sinking it to the body of the ocean, keeping the bathosphere still connected to it, but that's now our prison. Not really sinking to the very bottom of the ocean, but, you know, kind of like floating almost in like a Mariana's Trench type part of the ocean. Because you see a lot of um, fish that you wouldn't see anywhere near regular areas of the ocean. Yes, and also a lot of other little things we all know, like hidden areas and other things. And one thing which made me very happy, which I didn't find until I found out by accident... The return of the greatest thing from Bioshock 1 and 2, the weapon wheel! Oh my god, the weapon wheel. Yes, you can use all the weapons. You can hold all of them. It's not just, you have to choose two weapons and that's it. See, you told me this 
after I beat it, and I, I still thought that it was in Bioshock Infinite Mode where I just got two weapons. And you said that to me, I'm like, God damn it, I had all these guns on me, all of these guns on me, and I was searching frantically, like, I had nine bullets for my hand cannon, that's it. And you had decided to tell me that now? <laughs> I mean, like, obviously... I found it out by accident when I found the microwave gun. You mean the radar range? Sorry, the radar that range. That was the most hilarious gun. Oh, oh my god, that was... I, I, I like listening to the thing, it's like, yeah, well... This thing is a great adventure from Fontaine Industries, but the problem is that the kid tripped and he hit, he killed one of our customers. Yep. Oh my god, I have to say that the radar range is the most hilarious gun. You literally heat somebody up almost like a microwave until they blow up. It's almost as hilarious as shooting somebody in f with fire and then setting a swarm of bees on them from Bioshock 1, honestly. Yes. A lot of the weapons were not designed. They didn't change the design, which I kind of had issues with. You brought back the Tommy gun, which was cool. Yes, I did. But the weapons are kind of meh. It, it goes back to a lot of complaints people have with Bioshock, where it's the the fighting mode is very different. It's kind of disjointed. But still, it was cool to look around, get some of the new plasmids, even though I would have preferred them to reskin the plasmids, and use the regular house instead of, mm -hmm. oh, it's a, it's a shock jock. No, that's Electrovolt. Because mm -hmm. it was right before Bioshock 1, literally right before. I wish that they called them what they called them in Bioshock 1. That would have made it so much better. It really would have. And you see him do in the incinerate move, yet it's Devil's Kiss. It mm -hmm. should have been incinerate. Yep. But I think that was kind of um, meant, because that might have been part, because that when you're walking through and you find the um, the technical sky hook, but I forgot what they called it, the uh, like air hook or something yeah, like that. The air, the air grabber. Yeah. The air grabber. Elizabeth calls it the sky hook. And immediately you're like, wait a minute, no, it's called the air grabber in this one. And then you look at it, everything else and it's like, oh, hey, this is this, this is that from Infinite. Maybe when she tore into the universe, they kind of combined. Well, in one of the auto audio boxes, you hear... Suchang observed strangest of coincidences. On other side of a window, man in strange hat experimenting on Suchang's own creation. On plasmid. Man name of Fink. Outrage! Death of intellectual property! <sighs> but man name of Fink is no fool. Through addition of oxidizing agent, turns plasmid ingestible through stomach lining. Mr. Ryan very impressed with Su Chong's initiative. Theft of intellectual property. Two-way street. So it looks like he's stealing from Fink as Fink is stealing from him. Yeah. Because Fink said he stole from, from Dr. Sajing. Mm-hmm. But the thing is, though, when you also find another voxophone, um, it's talking about how he sees a mysterious woman pop up in front of him, and just as fast as he saw him, or saw her, she's gone. Which, I have a feeling is Elizabeth, but it you never know. It, it could have been somebody else. It could have been one of the Lutessas. Mm-hmm. Who, they only show up at the end and in that poster, really. I would have liked yeah. to have seen them in the background doing something. Yeah, no, that kind of scared me, though, at the end, because, like... And, like, you know, in Bioshock Infinite, you find them as, like, helpful and almost as, like, a friend. And then Burial at Sea, you see them more of, like, threatening characters, which was interesting. You see everything as a threatening character. Yeah, it's a more dark universe. and It definitely is. We're not going to spoil the twist. That's the one thing we won't spoil mm. is the twist. Yeah. But 
Actually, should we? So we said we were going to spoil it anyway. Uh, I kind of want people to, because I had my jaw dropped at that part. So I kind of feel like they should do it themselves. That for all the people that have already played the game, you all know what we're talking about. The only hint we're going to give you is the doll head. That's it. Yeah. And we didn't need a boss fight. Nope. We didn't. Oh, no. Wait, no. You think we did need a boss fight? No, the boss fight was Mr. Bubbles. I'm sorry. I'm still kind of pissed that they, they added a weapon for him. Wait, he had a weapon? Yeah, he had a weapon. Mr. Bubbles had a new weapon. He didn't have a Bioshock 1. Oh, the new drill, the... The fucking grabber drill, where he, like, you would be flying on the sky, like, the skyline or whatever, the airline. Yeah, and he just shoot up. He just shoots and grabs you. That really pissed me off. I was like, fuck, come on, that's not fair, man. Yeah, Mr. Bubble, we hate you so much. I did like the new plasma, though. Mr. Winter was that fun. That was actually an old one that they brought back, back from Bioshock 1. Freezing Plasma was from Bioshock 1, but they didn't have the same name from Bioshock 1 as in this. And you have to think again, if you're going to put a game or a DLC before a game that we've already had before, you have to at least keep it a little consistent. I mean, I understand why you need it different, but come on. I still miss the wrench. I miss the wrench. Yes. So overall, this DLC is awesome. Yes, it really was. It's our highest rating, and I give it a 5. Actually, actually I give it a 4 which I forgot what the term is we have because we're still working them out, but it's it's really good. It's you know, a lot of fun things. It's a nice, decent length. You could explore it for... It's a, two hours if you run through it, but it's it's a good six hours to beat it, and there's still... They made it kind of so you can't get everything. Yeah, not, not everything at once. You have to go through it again, which I have to do. Yeah, because there are some areas where you have to go through fine stuff, and then other areas where you're looking like, wait a minute, is that it? No, it's not it. It's, oh, you got to be fucking kidding me. To God, it took me literally an hour to figure out to look up. At one point, I'm like, "Really? Yeah, really." But also, like the hidden rooms with the the combinations. Yes. You can only find one combination. The other one's missing. No, actually, the other one was also in. Uh, they were in Boxophones, all of them. Oh, you got it. <laughs> they were all in Boxophones. And also, the other thing with the there's one you don't they don't give you enough lock picks. No, are you kidding me? They gave me enough lock picks. They didn't. Because the thing is, though, I notice lockpicks like it's nothing. Like, I see someone shiny, I pick it up. That's I, how I play games. I was playing hard, and I didn't get enough. They, they skimped you on, like, yeah, three. No, hard is... I was playing casual because I didn't want this to be, you know, hard playing all that kind of stuff. I just wanted to... Because when it, when it comes to me and playing on, like, hard mode in 1999 mode for Bioshock games, I get pissed off. Like, really genuinely pissed off. And I don't want to play the game anymore, and I hate it. That's why once I'm done with 1999 mode for Infinite Storyline, I'm going to go back and play it on easy for the shits and gigs. Yeah, but I did the reverse. You know. I'm, I played easy because I wanted to get everything, and get 100, percent and then. Yeah, but uh, I mean, if you play like at least something, and then you play the hardest, um, the hardest one, you get one, two, three, four achievements at once if you knock them out at once. Like I haven't done anything with the dollar bill machine at all. So. That's the hardest part is not doing the, the dollar bill machine. Mm. Do you loot it at least? No, I don't do anything with it. I don't touch it. I don't go near it. I'm like. <laughs> Worst, um, one thing I would change about the game, I'll tell you this. Um, one thing I would say that would change is besides the redesigns and reskins going to keep it in continuity. Mm-hmm. The length was nice, but I would have liked just a little bit more. Yeah, same. So, same with me. I just, not a little more. I, I feel like there should have been at least more, like, two hours. But, like, not of, you know, in Fontaine Industries, the Fontaine part. I wanted more of, like, regular Bioshock, regular Raptor. I just wanted more of the city. I really did. And yeah, instead of just one around. area, I would have liked to yeah, yeah. see more of the area or give us another stage, which we're yeah, going to no. get in the next DLC, which is more about Elizabeth. Yeah. 
They say she's going to play completely differently. Well, you know, of course. She's just having her. No, but, like, when I say that, I mean, like, I actually wanted to see the uh, garden. I wanted to see the garden. I wanted to see the bees, and I wanted to see the winery and all that kind of stuff. I wanted to see what they did with all of that to see if they changed anything about it. Well, we'll have to wait and find out. Um, that's going to be in a couple of weeks. Really? Um, it should be in, they said it's going to be in February. Oh, yeah. So that should be really good. And then after February, life will be awesome. Because we'll get that, and then that's it until, well, what game like this or RPG shooter are you waiting for next? Um, not really an um, RPG per se. I mean, I don't know. It's an online game. Oh, Destiny? No, not Destiny. It's like an online-only game. Oh, Wild, uh, that one? No. What? Elder Scrolls Online. I'm waiting for that. Oh. I'm waiting for the opposite game by Oblivion. Yes. I'm waiting for Fallout 4. Yes. That actually, folks, if you did watch the VGX and they announced that the uh, that was a fake hoax, the description that you saw was hoax. It was fake. There is a Fallout 4 coming out. It's going to be based in Manhattan, I think we said, or Chicago. I thought it was in Europe. It was in mm-hmm. Russia. Mm-hmm. That was the hoax one. The oh. hoax one was in Germany. But the real one is based in Manhattan, Chicago, one of those major cities. It's being based in one of those, and it's, you know, it is a Fallout 4, so we are getting a Fallout 4, so don't worry, stop crying, we're getting a Fallout 4, guys. Hopefully it's not as long as Fallout 3, which was 13 years. We had to wait in between. Yeah, no. No, I don't think they're going to do that. But the thing is, you also have to come in contact with the fact that Bethesda is going to have to be working on Elder Scrolls Online 24-7, since that's an online game, they'll have to be patching that constantly, because we all know how Elder Scrolls goes. They're going to have to work with that, and they have Evil Within to work on as well. So, looks like there may be more jobs coming. Um, I believe that is all for this. I mean, we could talk more, but I think that's it. Might as well. Yep. This is Ben. And this is Lethal. Catch you guys next time. And remember, Think Industries. Um, I forgot the catchphrase. Insert here. Insert here. Game on, guys. Game on. My lover stands on golden sand and watches the ships that go sailing somewhere beyond the sea. She's there watching for me. If I could fly like birds on high, then straight to her arms I'd go sailing. It's far beyond the star, it's near beyond the moon. I know beyond the doubt, my heart will lead me that soon. Beyond the shore, we'll kiss just as before. Happy we'll be beyond the sea And never again I'll go sailing
just as before Happy we'll be beyond the sea And never again 